G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Each week at this time we address your questions around Christians and money and Christian finance expert Alex Cook, the founder of Wealth With Purpose, is back with us. Hello Alex, welcome back. Hey Neil, great to be with you again. Alex, last week we started uh, an important conversation, and uh, as we said last week, it's very hard for anyone to predict what will happen, but there are some things that are coming together, and you've been giving this some more thought through the week. Uh, I wonder whether we can touch on some more things that we might expect in 2022 today. Uh, What else do you see for the coming year? Yeah, look, it's going to be a very interesting year. I think uh, 2021 caught everyone by surprise. We all thought life may go back to normal. Um, But I think, and my concern is next year may even be more chaotic (laughs) than this year. And the, the reason I say that is what we're witnessing around the world now is a dramatic increase in social unrest uh, and political division like we haven't seen for a very long time. Uh, politics particularly has just become, you know, uh, an anger match. It's, uh, you know, we no longer can see uh, see the other person's position. We tend to treat the other person with derogatory terms now, and it's become that very polarised uh, and divisive uh, situation. Um, but in terms of the social unrest, one of the things, obviously, that's going around the world, and you sort of alluded to earlier, with the, the rallies going on here in Australia against the uh, the vaccine, mandates but that's that's happening everywhere and uh, you know there's literally millions of people out in the streets every weekend now across across Europe and uh, in Austria as people would be aware they've now made vaccines mandatory for the entire population and that I think is very dangerous and is likely to lead to even more social unrest but the, the thing of course you have to ask is why why do people go out in the street one of the the big drivers as to why they go out on the street is street is when their livelihood is threatened and of course here in Australia now we have this no jab no job policy which I think is very wrong um, and uh, that's leading to people being desperate. And when people are desperate, what do they do? They go out on the street. So I think you're going to see that increase uh, dramatically next year. Um, for whatever reasons, politicians in the Western world have decided to take a very authoritarian approach uh, to, to dealing with COVID despite the, you know, the high survival rates. Uh, and that's, that's leading to this unrest and uh, political upheaval. Of course, there's a lot of elections uh, going on next year. We've got our own federal election, but in the US, you have the midterm elections. <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, when you look at America now, you have to ask yourself the question, who, who is actually running America? Because it's clearly not Joe Biden, you know, who's, um, you only have to look at him, read, he struggles to read the teleprompter, let alone anything else. So, you know, what's going on there and behind the scenes, I, I think is a ma- massive question that people are asking now. Um, 
about who's who's running the show. And so there's all these things going on. And of course, one of the things that's been sad, I think, in Australia in the last two years, and I believe we've been getting very darker very quickly, and likewise with New Zealand, is our parliaments have been passing horrible laws, um, particularly in relation to euthanasia and abortion. So Northern Territory last week passed late-term abortion laws. So there's all these sort of things going on. Uh, COVID has been a great cover for politicians that want to get these things through um, with very little fanfare. Um, so there's all these things going on. Um, yeah, but I think probably the big one that was announced today, Josh Frydenberg, and look, this has already been in the pipeline for a long time, but they've announced uh, more regulations to uh, digital currency and crypto and so forth. And uh, the big one, of course, was that the central bank is going to launch a digital dollar. And that's going to have all sorts of interesting implications uh, for the future. So, uh, yeah, a lot of interesting things going on. And uh, as you say, uh, with the Treasurer making that uh, more broad announcement today, it does actually set a new scene for what is ahead uh, over the coming year and into the years ahead. But I know listeners will be concerned when you say livelihoods are threatened and Mm. leading to more extreme volatility. What about just slightly longer term? I mean, we can talk about these things beginning to unfold next year, 2022. Uh, What about, uh, say, you know, thoughts of five to ten years out, Alex? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the issue here is that the Western world has been living beyond its means for a long time. Uh, You know, even if you go back to 2000 to 2010, the savings rate during that period was minus 3% in Australia. So we've been racking up debt for a long time. And of course, it's now extreme at the government level where we're printing money. And the only reason why you print money is if no one else is going to give it to you, so you print it instead, right? Because no one's going to lend you money. And that's what we now have in Australia for the first time. Of course, that started in earnest last year. So the big thing about this is that we've been living beyond our means for a very long time, and that's both at a household level and at a government level. And at some point, the piper has to be paid. And so that's what's coming in the future. And what it means is politicians are going to be faced with only tough decisions. So those tough decisions will be things like, well, what services do we need to cut to get our budgets back into order? Or what taxes do we have to raise in order to, um, you know, fund our government into the future? And the one that's been talked about a little bit in the last three months has been estate taxes. So I don't think many, too many Australians are going to be too keen on that. You know, we've got the baby boomers... Uh, all entering retirement. You've got this massive future transfer of wealth from one generation to the next. I think there'll be a few unhappy people if we end up with estate duties, which is something I think is probably going to be inevitable. Um, and uh, so there's some there's some of the things. There's going to be tough decisions, of course. So higher taxes. The other thing, of course, is the retirement age will be probably pushed out. You know, at the moment it's 67. I can't see how that's uh, sustainable. It's probably going to go to at least 70. So there's all these sort of things that are going to happen because the government's hand will be forced by the economic reality. And this is what happens when, as a society, you turn your back on God and you start doing things your own way and you live beyond your means. You live, for, you live only for today rather than for the future prosperity of future generations. Uh, and that will have consequences down the track, unfortunately, for all of us here in Australia. Alex, a Christian perspective here, and this takes this way beyond what we do with the money within our own personal control and perhaps our family budget. Uh, the idea running a good economy, is this something that you can 
bring a scriptural foundation into? Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, I think that the issue from a Christian perspective is we should be concerned with policies that enable human flourishing. You know, as Christians, we want to see people uh, do well. We want to see people, you know, lifted out of poverty. We want to see people prosper and thrive. Uh, So a good economy allows for that to happen. So for example, in a strong economy, you can help those that are in need. You can do all the sorts of things that you wanna do. If you have a weak economy, then it makes it more and more difficult to do so. Um, Also, if we enter, and one of the things we talked about last week was you know, high inflation, and that will lead to higher interest rates. And of course, Australians being as indebted they are, that will lead to slavery. So the biblical basis for a strong economy is just very simple that we as Christians want to create a society where everyone can flourish and where everyone can, you know, live uh, according to what, you know, God's purpose is for their life. Um, If we allow a bad economy to occur, which I think is unfortunately the direction we're well and truly heading in, uh, we will end up with people who are enslaved to the the system, you know, a Babylonic uh, system. And of course, we'll end up with, um, you know, lower prosperity, we'll end up with lower living standards. And that'll put a lot of pressure on people. Now, it'll also be a great opportunity, mind you, I think, for the gospel, as people will need hope. And the church, I think here has a massive opportunity. I mean, I honestly think we're heading to a once in a life opportunity for the gospel where Australians will have to turn their back to some degree on the, you know, on the easy life that they're used to. And they'll have to choose. And, And I think, it'll be a massive opportunity for the gospel to bring hope and uh, joy into people's lives and also the solutions politically because the gospel does have those solutions. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. If you have a question on our Ask Alex segment, 1-800-316-316. A question from our Facebook post today, Alex, from Bex says... Someone mentioned to me a while ago that if the government was going to take away that the government was going to take away your benefits if you're not fully or partially vaccinated. Is this true? Uh, give it your best shot. Yeah. So I've seen rumours like that, and it's certainly a possibility. If you look at Scott Morrison's own policy uh, for childcare, we have had in New South Wales. I don't know if it applies to all states, but certainly in New South Wales, we've had no uh, no jab, no play. So, in other words, if you have your kid in a local daycare centre, you will not be entitled to any of the childcare subsidies unless your child has been immunised. So that already exists at that level with young children. What's to stop the government from doing that uh, to Centrelink and other things? I don't know if there's anything legally that can stop them. Um, So, so far, I think the Facebook question, as I understand it, that that's certainly been a rumour circulating. Whether the government has that in the pipeline, I, I don't know. But Given the the approach, the aggressive approach they've taken, you know, with state borders and everything, I, I think anything is possible now, unfortunately. Alex, predictions for 2022 and beyond. Uh, bad here in Australia, but worse everywhere else. Uh, how do international issues, uh, international volunteer, uh, volatility, how are those sorts of things uh, likely to affect us, do you think, in the year and the years ahead? 
Yeah, so I think um, internationally, you've got the similar sorts of issues that some in many cases, uh, Europe, particularly, uh, and America, they're just more advanced down the, the problem track in terms of their debt levels. But what we're seeing, I think, in investment markets has been this very um, amazing volatility over the last two years where you had stock markets uh, crash when the virus first hit. And then, of course, now they're at record highs. But I think the concerning point here from a from a listener's perspective, when you think about your money and your superannuation and that kind of thing, is that asset prices are extremely expensive, whether you look at the shares, whether you look at bonds, whether you look at you know uh, property, particularly obviously residential, everything looks very expensive. And of course, now people feel that they're missing out. So what are they doing? They're speculating in things like Bitcoin. You know, Bitcoin is very problematic in my view that the volatility is amazing last over last weekend bitcoin fell i think it was nine percent in an hour okay so imagine you lose nine percent of your capital in an hour so we're seeing more volatility more speculation i think as i say some of that speculation comes out of a desperation of just wanting to get ahead when you see house prices go up so much you kind of think this is the next big thing how how can i be part of it I think that's very, very risky. And as Christians, we shouldn't be speculating. So over the next two to three years, I suspect there'll be a uh, significant correction in asset prices at some point, presumably triggered by central banks when they start putting up rates and so forth. So there's these kind of things that are going on. And now is a time to adopt the biblical principle. And the biblical principle that you see it is in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 2. It says, invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight, because you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. In other words, it's very important to diversify your money so that you can protect the capital that God has put in your hands and entrusted you with. Alex, let me ask you, uh, heart to heart around churches, you deal a lot with churches. Uh, You're doing seminars and all sorts of things. Uh, You're helping church leaderships come to grips with the issues around finances and their people. Uh, There has got to be a role for the church to play in what happens financially. And sometimes people think about uh, church and money, or we try to keep that all separate. Uh, you know, the church has got their hand in our pocket. The church has a pastoral care responsibility to teach people biblical principles about money. What are your thoughts on churches and their role in coming times? Yeah, it's it's a huge role. I mean, firstly, just to address the first part of what you said, and that is that churches are often reluctant to talk about it. We we don't like to be seen as uh, people that talk about money all the time. You know, we don't want to be associated with the televangelists, and we, we don't like talking about it because also pastors' wages are obviously dependent on giving, and so there's a silence often around it. But I would say that's a huge mistake. It's a big it's a big mistake biblically because uh, the most talked about issue in the Bible is in fact money. There's 2,350 verses on it. So if you want to faithfully preach the gospel, then you faithfully must teach about money. That's as blank, you know, black and white as I can put it. Um, but there's a, a massive opportunity here. One is to provide financial discipleship to your members. Um, and then, of course, helping the community. But I'll get to the community in a moment. The financial discipleship to your members needs to really take two parts, and that is you help your members address the spiritual issues associated with money, such as not getting their identity from what they have and and their stuff. But also the big one at the moment, of course, is fear, fear of job loss, fear of lack of resources, fear of you know uh, running out of money. So that's a massive spiritual issue that as a pastor you can speak into and talk about God's goodness and God's provision. And then, of course, 
course, there's the practical side of it, which, um, you know, that's where we can help from as an external organization. But I think pastors can uh, have the skills to deal with it. And that is helping people practically manage their money from a scriptural perspective, you know, budgeting, getting ahead, all that kind of thing they can, they can teach. It'll have a transformative effect on people's faith in your church because you'll be aligning them with God's word. And it'll have a transformative effect on your church because your church will be able to flourish more and you'll have a much more generous church as a result of it. Um, Alex, I'm just thinking that some listeners to our conversation today may even have a more specialised outlook on money than their pastor. Pastors are across a whole lot of different uh, dimensions of church life. Is there a role, do you think, for people who've got a good grip on money and perhaps they need some fine-tuning and some extra training too, but for people who are the laity in church life uh, to be a part of some levels of uh, financial discipleship? Any thoughts here? Absolutely. In fact, you've touched on, you've stolen my vision for the future. <laughs> so, so my vision for the future is to have a financial coach in every church. So in other words, as you say, someone in the laity who has either a special gift in the area of uh, finance, you know, maybe due to their skill set and occupation, or they've just got a heart for good stewardship, you know, they want to see Christians manage God's money well. And so our desire is that every church will have someone who can be the you know the go-to person in their church to help others in their church, to pray with them, to teach them, uh, and to grow them. And that way we can have a multiplication effect rather than just relying on external ministries that you know just don't have the resources to be everywhere at all one time. So that's my vision. And the answer so to answer your question is absolutely we need people in our churches who have these skills, have these giftings, uh, to step up to the plate. And, uh, you know, bless, uh, bless many, many people in their own church. Well, having heard a conversation like this today and some bleak predictions for 2022 and into the future, uh, there may be a few extra visits to your website today, Alex Cook. Uh, free resources, <laughs> uh, the My Toolkit, uh, free videos, podcast content. Wealthwithpurpose.com is Alex's website. You can follow Alex on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can uh, you can respond to an Ask Alex question at askalex at wealthwithpurpose.com too. Uh, you can also ask a question each week when we post that post on the Vision Facebook page too uh, with questions on Ask Alex. Uh, Alex, wonderful insights once again, and uh, we might hope that they don't all come true because <laughs> some will say that's not so optimistic today, Alex, but, uh, but you know, great insights. Insights. Thanks so much for joining us once again today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 